0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast, episode 61. We are a totally independent Star Trek podcast recording every two weeks. I'm David Majors, and I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Heather Kirby. Heather, what's going on? It's Star Trek podcast time.
1: It is Star Trek podcast time, and 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 I'm very thankful for that, especially tonight, because it, it it's been a... A rough day and, and we're gonna do some real talk before we get into the fun Star Trek talk like today was a really sucky day okay like once again in this crazy world that we live in there was an LGBTQ club that was shot up yesterday in Colorado Springs and it, it, it it's just it's horrible and then you pile that on top of you know for all of us nerds and geeks out there who grew up in the 90s uh Jason David Frank died last night he was the original green green ranger um the reports I read said he committed suicide and you know I I had the chance to meet him at a convention like five maybe five or six years ago something like that he was such a welcoming and wonderful person to meet and it, it it it's one of those things that especially with all the crazy shit going on in the world you never know what people are dealing with and it it it's hard it it's hard to see all this bad things happen and and people struggling with that and it makes me so sad and angry and I'm very glad we can sit here and talk about Star Trek, but I'm also very glad when our wonderful fandoms like really try to address shit like this going on in our world, because it's, it's so horrific and so depressing to watch and then just find the energy to keep going and living day after day. And it, it, it sucks, okay? Some days it sucks. Today is one of those days that sucks, but I, I, I don't know. I just wanted to get shit off my chest before we talk about Star Trek. So, thank you.
0: Well, you're right. And truth be told, I'm not okay today, uh, on top of everything else. I just lost my job. So, I'm not exactly great either, but... We're here. We're going to have some fun because we're going to do my hobby, my passion, my creative outlet. We're going to make this podcast and we're going to have a good time. Heather, we're going to have a good time and we're going to talk about this wonderful franchise and fandom that we both share. What do you say?
1: Absolutely.
0: Let's do it. If you're a new listener of the podcast, thank you. Welcome. It's usually much lighter than this i'm david that's heather we talk about star trek and we do it in sort of a three act format where we do old business which is the quote classic star trek unquote which would include everything from the cage up to the kelvin movies up to and including the kelvin movies uh, new business, which we'll talk about later, is everything that's happening in Star Trek right now, and we'll be talking a little bit about the most recent episodes of Star Trek Prodigy when we get to new business. And Later on, we get to upcoming business, where we look a little bit further ahead as to what Star Trek might have in the not-too-distant future, like new seasons of shows, news, those kinds of things. And that's where we jump in. Let's start with the old business. Heather? Uh, I will let you take the con since this was yours.
1: Okay. So, in one of the latest episodes of Prodigy, which we're going to talk about in New Business, but there was a ridiculously deep dive, deep cut reference to an original TOS episode, which, to be honest, I, you, you know, and I didn't go back and do my research, but I still don't know what it. What it? What episode did Ensign Garowick actually show up in? I don't even fucking remember at this point. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like, but that's how deep this cut is. And I was just sitting there going, like, like that is amazing. And at the same time, that is what I love about Star Trek because you can pull the smallest reference from something like you can't even remember that happened 50 some years ago and insert it into an episode today and make it such a powerful and wonderful like joy to watch. And it's incredible. So I thought (laughs) if I could take a deep cut from anywhere across the Star Trek universe, To insert into new Star Trek, what would it be? (laughs) And I I think this is a ridiculously fun topic because it's based off of, like, your personal likes and dislikes and, and what little things stand out to you. So when thinking about this, the thing that immediately popped into my head is that, you know, everyone loves Deanna Troy. And everyone remembers Loxana, because how can you not? She's incredible, by the way. David doesn't think so, but okay. Um, (laughs) But do you remember the fact that Loxana had a son?
0: I do not.
1: (laughs) I see. In Deep Space Nine, Loxana was pregnant with a son, and that's, well, that's why Odo married her, so she wouldn't have to marry the baby's father.
0: Man, who knew the constable got into some baby mama drama?
1: <laughs> uh, so, I, I mean, that was the one thing that popped into my head was, we need to see what happened to Loxana's son. Because we, we are at the age of Star Trek now where he, he would be all grown up and we can meet him again you know
0: you're right
1: we could meet him somewhere so i i i think we need to see what happened to uh, locks on son.
0: and that would be something that would be very interesting to see in well maybe not lower decks since that's season three and it's already done but probably probably picard well no not picard either yeah. maybe in a future season of lower decks
1: I I can see it. Or or Prodigy, depending on what age he is right now. Because he'd be around maybe a little older than the Prodigy crew. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, Okay, I thought of a random reference. And this probably isn't the most random thing. But I kept going back to TNG. And I kept thinking about things from TNG that really stuck out in my mind. And... I kept coming to one thing in particular. I'm not a pet owner myself. I'm not a cat owner. I've never owned any pets before. But I kept thinking about Spot. Data's cat Spot. And I kept wondering, what happened to Spot? Did Spot have babies? Did, did Spot go to a nice home somewhere? What happened to Spot? Did, do we know... I would like to know what happened to Spot after after TNG and after Star Trek Nemesis. I would like to know what happened to Spot.
1: Well, you know, I, I believe the last reference we got to Spot was uh, the end of generations. Would Spot survive the Enterprise D crashing?
0: Right, right. <laughs> and, and Data Founder. Yeah. And he started crying.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, it and, and Spot is one of those. Uh, like I I love Spot as well. But Spot is one of those things. Like they were never quite like when you first meet Spot. Spot is referenced to as a boy, <laughs> and then as it goes on, then they start referencing. Referencing her, t- referencing Spot as a girl. So it, it, it's one of those things that I wonder if like Data had many, many cats and he just kept naming them Spot.
0: Ah, the old snowball <laughs> two method.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm sure there's a Spot out there somewhere. <laughs> Not at Picard's Vineyard because number one would not get along with with cats, I don't think, you know. Um, But I'd be willing to bet like maybe Jordy has a a cat named Spot just as a remembrance. Even though Jordy didn't seem like a cat person, like Jordy would totally be like the type of person just to get a cat and leave it alone in the corner and name it Spot so he could remember data.
0: I think at the next convention that Brent Spiner is making an appearance, and hopefully if I'm there, I will ask what happened to Spot. That's what I'll do. Because Brent Spiner will definitely give some kind of interesting answer about Spot, (laughs) for sure.
1: Without a doubt, he's going to give some sort of answer. Even if it's one he just came up with on the Spot
0: his head Ah, who's making the puns now (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it but yeah i i would like to know what happened to spot and anybody out there let us know what random reference in star trek would you like star trek to follow up on let us know on twitter at prom trek pod we would love to know because This is what makes fandoms fun. It's these random little details and references and and minutiae that we fixate on and get excited about that can get referenced in 30 years. Those are the things that make fandoms fun and interesting and generational. So, yeah, let us know what interesting reference you'd like. Let us know on Twitter for now at PromTrackPod. You ready to go into new business, Heather? I'm ready to go
1: into new business, yes.
0: All right, then let's talk about Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, we had another episode. Um, I think that this episode is probably going to go down as, as one that people really remember and look back on fondly. All the world's a stage. The crew of the USS Protostar, in an effort to do some good finds a planet and this planet has an alien species that is very very unique heather what did you think about this episode
1: i absolutely love this episode um like i said the fact that it took a a minute deep cut reference from uh tos and turned it into this entire alien civilization that really built itself around lore of Starfleet and the Enterprise um, but did it in such a way that they were incredible and and just like it it, it was such a wonderful and and heartwarming story and to have uh, members of their race ultimately helped save the day in the end just by putting them on the protostar and giving them the, the, the same panels that, you know, they've built all their stories around. I, I mean, I, I just, it's a wonderful story and it is one of those episodes that is going to be remembered for a long, long time. I I loved it.
0: especially liked the part where we got introduced to James T and he, (laughs) spoke the way he did it was absolutely phenomenal it was nothing short of brilliant i couldn't stop laughing every time he talked it was brilliant (laughs) yeah i love this i absolutely love this i had so much fun with this episode because it was a way for star trek prodigy which is a unique show in this franchise it allowed star trek prodigy to once again Show its love for Star Trek. And you can tell that the people working on the show love Star Trek. Kind of like the enterprise they might miss a few of the details here and there, but they love Star Trek. And that's, that's really what counts. But, Heather, there was one question I had after this episode, and I talked about this with the gang over at Strange New Pod on their show just for a minute I was thinking about this episode, and I was thinking about the Enterprise, and they were very endearing and very charming, especially James T, like I said. Yeah. But but it made me think: the, the Hagman brothers, the creators of Star Trek Prodigy, is that how they see Trekkies? <laughs> is that what we look like to them? <laughs> <laughs> No. maybe a little
1: maybe a little i i i don't hmm i don't think so you know it, it was the type of episode that could have caught co- come off as condescending but came off in a way that was loved instead so it was done with love and not with uh irreverent It
0: wasn't meant to be condescending by any means. It was yeah. definitely done out of love. But but more of a, a friendly jab at at track fans, probably. That's how I saw it. it As just like, okay, they they really love Starflight. They say live long and proper. And I will be saying that forever now. I that might be what I say more than than live long and prosper. Live logs and proper. I absolutely <laughs> love that. I don't know why. Just everything about this episode was just, it was hilarious. And it really ended well, too. It had this great action sequence where they were towards the gallows and they were dealing with this mysterious fog that was causing problems and making people sick. And for all intents and purposes, this turned into an episode of Star Trek, the original series in a lot of ways, don't you think?
1: Yeah, it did
0: it really had that vibe and it ended well. And, and we saw the Enterprisians really come through and save the day and they, they get it. They get it. They really do. Yeah. I,
1: yeah. It, it, it just, it, it started out like uh, it, one of those, like, how do I, it, it started out like a, a case of the week kind of episode, but then it, it yes. ended in a way that really brought all the characters together, not just the regular characters, but the guest characters, too.
0: I will even say, Jank Pog did did all right in this episode, too. <laughs> he didn't bother me so much. <laughs> he did all right. He did okay. Not even say that about Crossroads, too. I'll say that about the next episode, too. I think this was two episodes in a row where Jank and Pog was all right. And, and we got a little bit more insight into his character, too. Uh, what did you think of Crossroads? I, I thought this was another really good episode.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> People no, are going to come have, after please. me for this. Um, oh, yeah. I,
0: they they got to get through me first.
1: I, I had a couple issues with crossroads. Um, so let me first start this off by saying, I never ship Janeway with anyone. Okay, I never ship Janeway with anyone. I am not a JC shipper. Um, I, and I, I, I said this in our last episode. I said, you know, ultimately. Janeway is going to be the antagonist when it comes to the protostar and she will um, because they're setting vice Admiral Janeway up in a way where she is desperate to find Chakotay and she's going to go after anyone that she thinks has something to do with it. And so, that is exactly what happened in this episode. And it, it it's not that it wasn't a good episode. And it's not that anything in the episode was out of character for the Janeway that I know and love. It was just one of those things where I didn't really enjoy seeing it on screen. Because I don't like that side of Janeway.
0: You don't Um, like seeing Janeway as the antagonist.
1: I I, I didn't enjoy watching it. Uh, I I didn't, as much as I expected it to happen, I I didn't enjoy seeing her as the antagonist. And I didn't enjoy seeing her making unreasonable decisions, which I thought she did at the end of this episode, Um, particularly when it came to them possibly following the protostar into the neutral zone. Um, I, I think she was not thinking with her head at that point and following her heart and, and her desperation to find out what happened to Ch- Chakotay. And I think she's like, that. that was a moment where I really sat there and I'm like, she's smarter than that. And, She's letting her emotions override what she knows to be right. And I I hate I really I I really didn't like seeing a woman character that I love and respect act that way because that's a lot of the qualities that people look at women and say they shouldn't be in leader leadership positions cuz they're too emotional and she was being too emotional and i i i just really didn't enjoy watching that
0: okay i can i can see where you're coming from on that um do you think that it is has as much to do with chicote as it does with the questions about the proto star
1: um yeah, I, 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 I mean, if like I said, it it was one of those things, and I I love the conversation she had with Dahl, in in that episode because that that is very much Janeway, um, but it's like once once she realized and talked to the witness and 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 got that side of the story that these these kids had taken the protostar, and then it was like the the reasonableness of her decision making switched off and it was I gotta find out what happened to Chicote and you know the I gotta go after them switch turned on. And so like I said, I I, I don't want to sit there and say like she was acting out of character because she wasn't and and anyone who knows and loves Jane Way like you could tell the person who wrote that episode knows and loves Jane Way but it, it was still it was hard for me personally to watch watch that happen because I don't want to see her act like that and I I think she's smarter than that and there there's a lot of emotional attachment not just to Chakotay but to the crew of the Voyager that was on that trip with her which makes a lot of sense after everything they went through. Um at the same time like she has a new crew and a new ship now and like they are trying to talk to her reasonably and it's not getting through. Like like that's the one scene that really hit me a lot was at the end of the episode where her her um second in command was literally stood up to her and was like you you cannot do this you cannot go into the neutral zone and she was still insistent on doing it like
0: and yeah and they left it off on a a pretty exciting kind of on the next episode moment mm -hmm. of what exactly they're going to do and i thought that was really well done And you make a lot of excellent points about Janeway and her mental state at this point. I think it, it really is something to keep an eye on, on exactly what she's going to do. Is it about getting the Proto star and finding out what these kids are up to? Is it about Chakotay? Is it about all of the above? And I think now we've added another wrinkle to it where, the Trill Ensign, uh, Alencia, I believe her name was, mm-hmm. ran into Gwen. Yeah. And Gwen got the mention of her father being alive, and understandably, she freaked out about it, because yeah. that adds a whole nother wrinkle into this entire situation. I think that's a really good point, that has that, that just added more onto this, because now they've really got to chase them down.
1: Well, yeah, uh, but uh, like, like they have uh, Gwen's father. I'm, I'm blanking at his name right now.
0: Um, the Diviner.
1: Yes. So the crew of the Dauntless have the Diviner, and at the same time, the crew of the Protostar know that he's alive. So it's almost it is it, it's giving them extra motivation to stay away from the Dauntless. Because as much as they want to be able to sit there and explain to them what's going on and why they can't, Starfleet can't access the protostar because it'll destroy them. Um, they know they have the guy that did that, and he's probably lying to them. And so, like it, it, it adds an extra wrinkle and and drama to how either side is going to react to one another because they're getting two d- very different sides of the same story.
0: Let me ask you something about this episode. Uh, like how maybe the first two acts went down. Um, I saw Jesse Gender on YouTube make the point that she really didn't like this episode because of the idea of using the misunderstanding trope and how in the words of the 12th doctor who if they all just sat down and talked none of this would have been a problem. What did you think of that? Did you think that this was a good way to tell the story or or how did you feel about that? How everything was just kind of a big misunderstanding.
1: Um you know, I I I I think it it would have been easier to have them all sit down and talk it out, especially since they all met in person first before meeting on the ships, on their ships, which, like, they, they they specifically state that they realize they can't even hail Starfleet without that thing infecting it. So they do that before this episode. And then you see them meet in person in this episode. Um so it would have been an easy solution to have them all sit down and talk about it. But it's also one of those things like they clearly used the misunderstanding trope in order to prolong the situation so it goes on longer. Um, and it, it it is one of those things where... I, I'm not quite sure if I agree with their use of it. Uh, but at the same time, I I get why they did it. So th- they could extend the story of this more. Uh, but it it was interesting to see how they did it. Because they each had different communications with different officers like you had like uh doll and janeway's interaction and you had gwen and incincia's and, and then you had jenka boggs <laughs> with yeah, the tellerite an Doctor.
0: <laughs> another tellerite and uh, all they did was argue like yeah Tellerites.
1: but the, it 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 was it was one of those things where, like, I, I understand how the misunderstandings happen, happen, but at the same time, I'm not sure if they could have sat down and all resolved this at once either. So,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you something very important, Heather. What do you think about new Murph?
1: Okay, I was literally having this conver or kind of having this conversation uh, on Twitter right before we recorded this, because this thought just kind of came to me. I very much think that Murph is like the Star Trek version of Groot at this point.
0: Oh, and- definitely. <laughs>
1: uh, his evolution was designed to make him... Still cute, but a little more grown up um, but I don't know. I'm gonna have to get used to it because I think it it just seems weird having him have arms and legs now <laughs> i I wonder that's
0: the reason maybe that's the reason they didn't sell any Murph worms. I mean, probably because
1: they they knew they were gonna evolve him, yeah. But I I I think it's I, I, but you could still make a shit ton of money off of that. I mean, because think of how much money Marvel made off of Baby Groot in his little pot, and then like Teenage Groot, <laughs> you know, like all the all the evolutions of Groot. Like Marvel made a shit ton of money off of that. You could have made a shit ton of money off of the evolution of Murph. Um, yeah, he's cute. I I, I, I got to get used to it, though, because I was not expecting him to have arms and legs. So that that really threw me off guard when he came out of that. And I'm like, oh, OK,
0: that's different. <laughs> that's
1: what he looks like now. And oh, my God, if you say the but I, I can't get that out of my head. Don't don't say that. Oh, don't say call what? him up. A- the, the were you the one that was talking about how he looked like a oh okay someone else said that I don't think that was you there was someone else online that mentioned that uh, the evolved version of Murph looked like a butt plug <laughs> now I can't get out of my head
0: Jesus Christ
1: <laughs> uh, yeah
0: I'm going to immediately burn that out of my mind.
1: Exactly. You see what I mean?
0: (laughs) And we're going to move on. I'm going to wrap up and say that this was two really good episodes of Star Trek Prodigy. In fact, they were so good, I have nothing to say about Jank Pog. I have nothing at all. Uh, I think that the the Pog point of his name is an interesting one. With other Tellarites. Yeah. And I hope that goes somewhere. Because now we have some actual, we have a little bit of character depth for him. So, let's see where it goes. Now, Heather, speaking of Star Trek not knowing how to make money and throwing money away. (laughs)
1: Let's
0: talk a little bit about upcoming business. Or, well, upcoming business that has been canceled, unfortunately. Star Trek Missions Seattle, put together by Reed Pop, that was happening in May of 2023, has officially been called off. This sucks. I'm ticked off. I was planning on going. I don't like it at all.
1: Um, yeah, so I, I have a lot of feelings about this. For one, I, it's, I I'm probably one of the people that's just like, eh, okay, because I wasn't planning on going to it. But at the same time, um, I have like, there's been all sorts of theories going around, and frankly, my theory is that it, this was Reed Pop's decision and not Paramount's. Okay, so. Here, here, Here's what I, I, I think about that. And, and we're going to preface this by saying I am just a fan. I have no experience in how licensing works whatsoever. But I have attended a lot of conventions. I have uh, worked on the other side of people who volunteer and work at spaces that do events like this. Okay? So <sighs> – I would think that the reason Paramount has a license for an official convention is so they don't have to spend the money and preparation to do it all themselves. That's the reason why they have that license in which convention companies like ReadPop pay for that license in order to put the Star Trek name on the convention that they're holding so i don't know why people are theorizing that for some reason this is paramount's decision that they decided they didn't want to hold official conventions anymore and that's why we're not having a convention next year that doesn't make any sense to me because the license agreement with Readpop only started like a year ago We only had one convention, and And I would imagine that that license goes for multiple years.
0: And here's another thing, Heather I haven't heard anything from anyone, and I'm just a fan like you. I've been to a lot of conventions myself, but I'm just a fan like you. Have you heard anything about Star Trek Mission Chicago being anything other than a resounding success?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I think it depends on how you look at it. Like, those of us that attended the convention considered it an enjoyable thing to do. It it had a few flaws to it, but it wasn't incredibly flawed. There were a lot of people there. Um, there were a lot of guests there. I, I, I think, for the most part, it was a, a, a success. But one thing especially the lack of communication that came out of read pop for mission Seattle. Like they announced the date at mission Chicago. um, And then that was it. We heard nothing from them until
0: months on end
1: for months on end. And we only got this official cancellation after our good friend, Alex Perry emailed them and asked what was going on with Mission Seattle. His email response was that they decided to cancel the show. And then it what it was like less a few days later that they officially canceled the show. So had someone not emailed them and then posted that response, do you think we we ever would have gotten A a notice? We probably would have eventually, but it wouldn't have happened right now. The fact we got it this week happened because someone emailed them and then publicized their response saying the show was canceled. That's the only reason we got that
0: notice. And Alex emailed them because we were getting no information whatsoever. None. Zero. So,
1: yeah. And I guess
0: that's the thing that I don't understand is by all accounts – read pop maybe they didn't lose money but they they seem to have done they did a good job with mission chicago it didn't break the bank for them financially so i'm wondering that that's the thing that i wonder i just wonder what were the logistics behind why it didn't happen
1: well i i i from my understanding I mean, honestly, from from the, the Trekkies that live in Seattle, I guess there was a huge issue with uh, renovations to the Seattle Convention Center that aren't going to be finished by the end of May. Um, hmm. So that might have had something to play into it. Um, but like I said, at the same time, it, it they didn't lose money, but they didn't. I don't think they made a shit ton of money either. Because this is the company that manages New York Comic Con. This is the company that manages Star Wars Celebration every year. These are huge, huge events with a ton of attendees. And while Star Trek Mission Chicago was well attended, it wasn't that same level. And I think they might have just figured, eh, we're not going to deal with it. Ultimately, I believe the decision came from ReadPop. I think Paramount understands that uh, a convention is important. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had a license and given it to a major company like ReadPop in order to do their official convention. So they, they, they set up the licensing thing. In the hopes of growing their convention, so more people could come to it, and then Reeb Pop decided they didn't want anything to do with it. I mean, that, that, that that's what it seems like to me, because Star Trek fans do show up at, at conventions. They do. That that's undeniable. Definitely. And, and there's a lot of reasons why maybe not as many people went to Chicago. I mean, Chicago happened right after everything was starting to open up from COVID. It was one of the first major conventions after COVID. There's a lot of reasons why that wasn't as hugely attended as they might have thought. Uh, But to decide to not move forward with a Star Trek convention that the that definitely seems more like it's Reed Pops' decision than Paramount. So,
0: well, I hope that this isn't the the end of major Star Trek conventions like this because for me Mission Chicago was a phenomenal experience and I'm pretty sure I'm not alone on that. And I guess Las Vegas is it then. Las Vegas. Well, yeah.
1: 2023, Las Vegas? I mean, I am going to Las Vegas without a doubt. But we are also, like, t- I mean, hit up your, your your local conventions. Galaxy Con Columbus, first weekend in December. I'm going to be there. We'll be
0: there. We'll be You're there. You're going
1: to be there. Uh, so...
0: Motor City Comic Con wasn't that long ago. Grand Rapids Comic Con wasn't that long ago. Yomacon wasn't that long ago. Go to your local conventions. Wear your Star Trek costumes. Represent. Be out there.
1: And, and, you know, Star Trek actors do love doing conventions. You know, it's an easy way for them to make money. And they love meeting and interacting with this fandom. So, ultimately, we're going to have a... an official star trek convention again it's just a matter of finding the right company to do it and Reed pop was not that company clearly
0: clearly not and and hopefully this is this is not the end of star trek conventions going forward uh, of of this magnitude and size okay i think we've covered it all for this episode heather what do you think yeah all right let's wrap it up then uh thanks everybody for listening thanks for checking us out thanks for stopping by uh heather everybody can follow you on twitter for now at nerdygal 33 uh what have you got going on anything you want to share
1: well yeah you could follow me on twitter for now um i do have of other social medias but i'm not sharing that <laughs> um Also, like I mentioned, we are headed to GalaxyCon Columbus in the first weekend of December. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner is going to be there. You can ask him that question about Spot. Brent Spiner is going to be there. Uh, Gates McFadden, uh, John DeLancey, um, as well as other awesome actors and actresses from awesome shows so i'm really looking forward to seeing you seeing our dear friends thad and heather and getting to show you all my city it's gonna be awesome
0: i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to seeing both heathers i'm looking forward to seeing thad i'm looking forward to all of the wrestling guests that are going to be there i'm looking forward to the fscw wrestling promotion that happens at conventions in ohio it's, it's going to be a fun time. I, I love a good con. I, I'm, I'm a big con guy, so I'm excited. That That's going to be, despite losing my job, everything's already paid for. My hotel room is paid for. My badge is paid for. All I got to do is worry about the gas going there and coming back. So I'm going to be good, and we're going to have a good time. And I'm excited. So if you're at GalaxyCon Columbus in Ohio in December, say hey. And follow Heather on Twitter for now at NerdyGal33. You can follow me on Twitter for now at CallMeDJM. I might have some other socials working down the line. We'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm not your dad. You can do what you want. But until next time, everybody, thank you for listening to the Promenade Merchants podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, live logs and proper. I really do love that. I am saying that from now on. <laughs>